Have you heard this? Okay, okay, you're gay, but you just can't act on it. Why do gays have to have sex anyway? This is a common thing out there. Let's be honest. This is a cop-out to make non-affirming Christians feel better, but it only adds to an LGBTQ person's fear and doubt because it conveys a message that something is wrong, something is broken, and less than ideal. It's cruel, unkind, and unloving. There's a lot to unpack here, so let's do this. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday so I call you up and you call me down? Would it be okay? Hello again. Welcome to the Freed Hearts podcast. That sounds like I'm a automated recording and at the sound of the tone, it sounds weird. Well, my voice sounds so weird there. Hi, welcome to back to the Freed Hearts podcast or to Freed Hearts podcast for the first time. Okay. Hope, hope the rest of the podcast is better than that start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Robert Cottrell and I'm here with the amazing Susan Cottrell. I, I didn't even give you a chance. You there, didn't. But you're here. That's quite right. I'm here. I'm right here. <laughs> At the um, table. So we're going to talk about sex today. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick reminder before we talk about sex, I just had to hook you in right away. Uh, email us if you have any questions or comments about the podcast. It's podcast at freedhearts.org, especially things you'd like us to talk about, questions you'd like us to answer. And at freedhearts.org, you'll see tons of resources, including our new Beloved Adventures uh, and all kinds of our YouTube channel, all kinds of resources for you. And I want to say, as always, if there's a resource that you see and you just cannot afford it, please let us know. Reach out to us. We'll find a way to get you, get something like that to you. Please do share this podcast with your friends and and family and on your social media. That would help us a lot and give us a good review rating out there. um, We would deeply appreciate it. Okay. So back to sex. It's it's always good to get (laughs) back to sex. (laughs) So we're going to talk today about the dangers of required celibacy. And, you know, and basically the the thought that do gays really have to have sex? And why, why is it such a big thing? This for a long time, it's not really used anymore like this, but this was referred to in some circles as side B, uh, where I accept you the way you are. I accept that you're gay, but you just can't act on it. They don't really use that phrase anymore, and we try to avoid that. But and it's kind of a version of conversion therapy as well, that you're okay but, quote, not God's best, and you can't experience intimacy, which is an incredible thing. And this is a big thing because it's viewed as a legitimate option, which it's not, but it's viewed as a legitimate option that many non-affirming people camp on. Well, what if the gays just don't have sex? A lot of these people are really kind of obsessed with sex, aren't they? They really are. You know, And so we have, we've gotten a couple of questions and emails and and online. So we wanted to address that today. So one of the questions said this, I'm a huge fan of your podcast and it has really been helping me with my journey of balancing my sexuality and my spirituality. I recently listened to your recent episode and and you foreshadowed that you would be talking about the false message that the church sends that queer individuals must live in celibacy. I was wondering if you had intentions of making an episode regarding that topic in the future. Well, yeah, here we are doing it. Yay. Uh, that's a message that has deeply traumatized me, and I'd love to hear both of your wonderful perspectives on it. And then someone else wrote us uh, a while back and asked, why is it so necessary for LGBTQ people to be able to have sex? This person believes gay <laughs> sex is always a sin, 
he said, and that LGBTQ people need to fight their lust and say no to it. He said, why can't two people be close friends, even spend their lives together and not have sex? If it's not about sex, sex is just a small part of the relationship anyway. Why should it matter? I feel kind of bad for his relationships. Yeah. Yeah, so. Where do I start? Just where do I start? So let, I want to answer what you're saying to say that this is a very common belief. It's a very common suggestion. And I'll tell you why it's a very common suggestion. There's a lot to unpack here. So let's get started. Let's do it. All right. It's not about lust. And it's not even about sex per se. It's about a relationship. And that's what it's the non-LGBTQ people who are saying it's all about sex. And it's not all about sex. It's about intimacy. And it's bigger than people who suggest it realize. So because it's saying that essentially— Yeah, asking someone to be celibate. Asking someone that's to a big not deal. Have, that's a big deal. Yeah, just the sex part of it is a big deal. I don't notice any of those people being celibate themselves in solidarity to show how it's done, to show how easy it is. But it's bigger than that because it's essentially saying you can't have someone to be close to, a partner, someone to share. Rob and I play backgammon every morning at breakfast, and we love it, and every evening at dinner. It's just a fun thing we do. <laughs> it sounds a little... A little uh... OCD there for a moment. <laughs> every morning at breakfast and every night at dinner, we play backgammon. Not obsessively, but, really but we will get a tick if we don't play. So, um, and it's just speak it's for just yourself, the, okay? And there are many things that we share as partners that aren't about sex at all. They're just about partnership, and all of that is being asked to be denied that you don't have that in your life. Here, take away sex. And also that intimacy thing, take that away too because that could lead to sex. And you can't even really develop these close close friendships because you're going to end up falling in love with somebody and or falling in bed with somebody, and then there you go. You develop a relationship with someone. You fall in love with someone. It's, and it's basically saying, we don't expect you to be sexually attracted to that person. Or the fact that you are sexually attracted to that person is so wrong that you have to really resist that. Imagine yeah. being in love with someone in an intimate relationship, being attracted to that person and having it be a constant building thing that you have to resist, 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 resist. Yes. That's horrible. What a horrible thing to ask. Actually, I'm thinking of a couple that has been in that position and they've been as partners without sex because they feel like God, that's what God wants from them. And they have health issues that I think come directly from that. Mm. So not a doctor, but I, I know what stress does. And that's a lot of ongoing stress. Because we're, desi- we're not designed that way. We're not designed. We're designed for intimacy. Yes. And, and, this so, is, and that's what you're saying when yeah. you require celibacy for LGBTQ yeah, let me, people. Let me paint a picture of what yeah. you're saying. What you're really saying is, I realize you're probably born gay or you can't change it. Okay. You know, you're at that point of saying, this is how you are and you can't change it. But I'm not comfortable with the thought 
of gay people having sex. So, you know, I'm just going to ask ding, you. Ding, 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 That's the key right there. That's the key right, right there, which go is none I, of their business. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's great. And which, if they're not having sex with you, it shouldn't matter to you. So, so I'm not comfortable with you having gay sex. So, I'm going to ask you not to. If you wouldn't mind too much, it it would be helpful for my worldview, and I wouldn't have to change my worldview. So if you don't mind, if you would just be celibate, and I realize that I'm kind of asking you actually not to have a lifetime partner or really get intimate with anybody. I know that's pretty big. I know. But see, if you do that, then I don't have to change my worldview. You know, I'm kind of asking you not even really to get too close to someone because— Too dangerous. You know, too dangerous. You might fall off the wagon, and there you go. And so what I'd really like you to do is go sit in the corner over there. (laughs) I've got a stool over there for you, and you'll be comfortable. You can even bring some books if you like or your phone, but but don't really talk to anybody. And then just we'll play here— and you just stay in the corner, and that way I can have my worldview intact. That's not too much to ask, is it? Yeah, because no people. Yeah, that's that's too dangerous. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a great way to, to tell that. That's really yeah. what you're asking. That's really and what you're asking. What, what you do, what they do on top of it, is say, "What a beautiful call from God that will be." <laughs> well, we call BS. Like call we did BS yesterday. Again. We're doing yeah. that. We're doing that uh-huh. because it's a false. Way to live. So I'll tell you. I my, think of I think of someone that that you know, um, and you probably know who I'm talking about. So it, it's a childhood friend. I was just going to talk about oh, him. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Because he he comes to mind here. Yeah, it's my best friend growing up. He's Catholic immigrant from Cuba, and he's gay. And he was a big part of the whole gay community for a long time. But now he feel he lives an isolated oh, life. So sad. It's. Too. It's really sad because he's always struggled with his Catholic belief that God requires gay people to remain celibate. But what he discovered is that a commitment to celibacy is really a commitment to isolation. It really is. And I think all the health issues that have emanated for him have come from the isolation because we're not designed to live that way. And it's isolation because, again, no people. That's too risky. You can't right. really have community. You can't, it's almost like, you know, an alcoholic not going into a bar. You know what I mean? You you can't be around people because it's you It's not might, like an alcoholic not going into a bar. It's like an alcoholic can't go around people. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. That's, yes. it, it's, it's. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And it's not an alcoholic. Those are not the same thing at all. But it's asking something that really goes against the grain of how we were designed as humans. Yes, yes, that's good. That's well said. Sorry about that. That's well said. Yeah. No, that's all right. I mean, and it's funny. Isn't the good, the first not good recorded in the Bible as God having said it was in relation to Adam, not good to be alone. And Adam, by the way, means individual. It does not mean a man. It means an individual, Adam. And sex differentiation came after that individual was found to be alone. And it was not good for that individual. Why don't we camp on that one? Yeah, exactly. And because it was not male, it was really intersex. So the yeah. first human being really was intersex. Not that I'm getting down on a new topic now, 
but it's true. And then separated into the male and the female. So you just put that put that on the corner right there, and you know maybe we'll talk about that again sometime. So if you're still listening, yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm just so telling you from, what the words in the Bible say. I'm just saying. Um, um, so, and again, write us, the story. write us about that if you want some more details on that. Yeah, write yeah. us about that. So, but your friend is lives alone, right? Yeah, and is in pain in countless ways in his body and is suffering many debilitating problems. And I think it's exactly what it comes from because we're not designed for it. You know, if you have pipes that have no water in them for 25 years, they're not going to be fit for water anymore. They're going to decompose. You know, the price for imposed, required celibacy, shamed into celibacy, is very, very high. Yeah. People suffer when they're required to be celibate. And what a, sh- what a shame And to the believe. people that are requiring it are not the ones paying the price. Right. That's exactly right. So, you know, and what a shame it is. Yeah. So, what a shame it is to believe that God wants you to live your life alone. That's where it's, it goes back to that a little bit like a love the sinner, hate the sin, conversion therapy type of thing that something in you is broken. So, you have to do this. You have to, yeah. to put up with this life of isolation and alone, you know, yeah. because we're designed for community, not isolation, for acceptance, not shame. And the shame, the God that you would believe in to require gay people to be celibate is a God of shaming. And that is not God. That's not the God Jesus showed us at all. And it's not the God of the Old Testament when it's properly understood. Well, people say. the Jewish Bible, I should say. People will say, okay, let's Mm -hmm. let's talk the other side of this for a minute. Because people will say, well, you know what? A lot of people are celibate. A lot of people are called to be celibate. It's a holy calling. A lot of people never find a partner. You know, one woman, I think, told you that ever since her husband died, she's had no interest in never marrying again, right? I think I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So let me so let me unpack those things because those are several things there that people say a lot of people are called to be celibate. Some people— Well, they may be thinking— of the people that are required. Okay, hold, let me do that in two parts. Okay. There's a call to celibacy, which in my experience and observation has been is very rare. It's a very rare calling to be actually called individually to celibacy. So if that's the case, okay, we'll set that one aside. But then there's the call that is required of you by being a nun or a priest or whatever that religious call is. And that's kind of a a different thing because, again, that is a church requirement. So we're going to set that one aside, too. It's almost a a denominational church religious requirement that in order to have this position, we require you to be celibate. That's very different. Than God specifically calling you. Which I've heard you say that you've really never met anyone that has been truly called to celibacy. No, I haven't. The other part about the religious call is, in actual practice, we think all those nuns and priests and all that, and plenty are, really remaining celibate. But um, my friend introduced me to a book called The Closet of the Vatican. In the Closet of the Vatican, or in the Vatican Closet, it talks about all the things that really go on. So if you think a call to celibacy in the church— Requirement for celibacy. —ends up being celibacy, then 
read this book. So, <laughs> okay. Well, it, it, it does. And the point there is that this requirement of being celibate in the church for certain positions right. doesn't mean that they're celibate and very right. often. It doesn't work. So, anyway. I mean, look at prohibition and, and all how drinking just completely yeah. stopped yeah. during prohibition. Remember that? No, it did not. Yeah. So, and the okay. situations we have with the abuse situations of, from Catholic priests as well. So Right. Well, and, that's... Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. That's a different that's thing. that's a result not, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A thwarted, suppressed <laughs> sexuality yeah. is what exactly. happens. It yeah. goes sideways. So you said so that you'd never met really anyone. No, I haven't. Even if you write me and say, well, I am. Okay, great. Then I met one. But it's not a common call. But God, if it's a call to celibacy, God calls people individually, not as a default, as a class. Like, okay, all of you people, you're required to be celibate. God does, that's not well, that's how a, God's call to celibacy excellent works. Excellent distinction. That's an excellent yes. point. Yeah, so it's individual. So it's not default. That's really important, you know, because you're this idea that if you're LGBTQ, you have to be celibate is to an entire group of people. Right. And if you say, well, the Bible does call some people to celibacy, okay, we'll give you that. But when that's a call, that's an right. individual call, not a required call to yeah. an entire group of people because of who they are. That's right. It's that's not a like huge God, difference. It's not like God said, Oh, I didn't think about this when I made you all gay. Shoot. Okay, well, just be celibate. Okay, just be celibate. That's not what happens. That sounds so much like God. It sounds like people that represent God, doesn't it? (laughs) It does. (laughs) That speak for God, yeah. But that doesn't make sense. The next thing you brought up was some people never find a partner. Absolutely true. That's true. And personally, I think it's really a heartbreak to want a partner and not be able to find one I am very grateful every day that I've got a partner that I love so much. But that's between that person and God. That's not you telling them, the you know generic you, telling them they can't have a partner. That's a completely different thing. Completely. If I were single and somebody, it's just completely different if yeah. somebody tells me you don't ever get to have a partner. And the woman who, who was widowed, I just was stunned really that she, yes, now after your husband's death, I understand that you can't even think about marrying somebody else. But tell me that in 20 years. And it's not someone else telling you, oh, your husband died, you can never marry again. And I'm sure there's some verse that could be twisted to say that. And that, that's a completely different relationship. Yeah, that's a, it's a non-starter in terms of a comparison. It's, a, it's not a comparison. Really. Yeah, it's yeah. not a comparison. So folks will say sometimes, well, well, can't they just be close friends and not have sex? Yeah, it doesn't work that way. And the couple that I mentioned a minute ago that are close friends and have been living together platonically, and you would think the church would support them, but their church doesn't support them. It's too much of an anomaly that they probably don't even believe that they're being celibate, and it's too much messes with their worldview. So they're doing what they believe God is calling them to do, certainly tainted by training, by conditioning that they've undergone. If they hadn't been in the church conditioning, they probably would just be in a sexual relationship, committed to each other. But what a toll that, that takes, a mental toll. Again, because the message is, there's something wrong with you, so you can't do this, or you can't experience this. E- even though every cell of your being is desiring for that, 
you got to resist that and push that down, push yes. that back. Don't get too yeah. close. And the, the mental games you have to play well, I would scoot closer to you on the couch or the movie, but oh, you know. Yeah, it's, it's I would rub horrendous. your back, but keep your shirt on. And, oh my gosh. What it's a, a horrendous price And that, and that mental toll leads to a huge physical cost. Yeah, when we talk about what we can do for our health, Rob's answer always is, Less stress. I need less stress. And that is exactly what we're asking these people to have is increased astronomical amount of stress. So it's an it's a non-starter. Yeah. And you know, people will say, well, then it's all about the sex. Well, if you can't deny yourself, then it's really all about the sex. No, it's not. No. No, we've that's just we're not even gonna it's go not there. It's about not about the sex. It that's just part of it. But let's put it this way uh, to the straight male who asked this question, and there are a lot of them. Let's just say that you can live with your wife and be lifelong companions, but you can't have sex. Let's say I found a verse that told you that. That would certainly— Actually, actually, (laughs) if we wanted to, we probably could, dealing with, with, you know, maybe you have been— previously married or, 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 or she has or, or she has or what you're supposed to do with a brother's wife. Who knows? We can find a verse for for just about anything. Right. right if now. it's not procreative sex, then it's not natural sex yeah, according so, to anyway, the Bible's sorry, old definition. So, no, but that's true. We so let's so just say, say you, yeah, wife, you, you can, that you you, yeah. you can live with your wife as a lifelong companion, but you can't have sex. That would completely shift the relationship and make it infinitely harder, right? That's what she and, said. And yet, oh gosh. <laughs> I can't, I'm sorry, I, I did that quietly. Go ahead. Go ahead. And yet, you, straight male who wrote and asked this, you wouldn't characterize your relationship with your wife as being about the sex or about lust, right? And yet, you would really have something to say if we said, well, then take the sex part out. That's not allowed. You'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa whoa, it's definitely part of it that you don't give up. You'd be unwilling to give up. And yet, it's not based on that, is it? Yeah. So would your wife be happy if you said, yeah, it's pretty much based on sex. Without it, I wouldn't be married to her. She'd be like, really? So nor would you um, characterize it as a lustful relationship. So that's just not really a fair thing to say, that if they're unwilling not to have sex— then it's all about the sex and it's all about lust. That is not true and it's not fair to say. So I call BS on that. Yeah. So, and I have the comparison that came to mind that sex is only a small part, but it really is an integral part. And if if you drink water, let's say you only drink water, you're better at the math of this, but a hundredth of a percent. Of what you're supposed to. No, of your waking hours, oh, of your sleeping hours, it's one thousandth of a percent of the time you're actually drinking water. Mm. But if you took that time away, if you had no water, you would die. So the amount of time spent on it, and I wouldn't say my life is, you know, I'm overly dependent on water. I'm based on water. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Sure, I, I do. I just, so many little jokes. So if you... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying really hard to keep this above some, some sort of... Anyway... <laughs> So yes, so the, Out of the, the bedroom. so yeah. the small amount of time that you have sex doesn't mean that it's not that you absolutely just, required. We're not saying you can just take it away, 
without huge right. consequences right. and huge impact. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, there's also this thing, and as a man, I will, I will convey this, but there's this ridiculous thing that we men will say, and I say we as a general thing. You would never say it, no. but men say. But it says, I have to deny my, hey, hey, well, I have to deny myself. I can't have affairs. I have to be faithful oh my to gosh. my wife. I have to deny my flesh. Oh, my gosh. There, there was, when Ellen came out and she was on Oprah, mm. There was a man that said that exact thing, and I was just like, I was ready to crawl inside the TV. Meaning, to get you, you deny your flesh. So he was saying, he was sitting there saying, "Well, I have to deny myself. I'm not allowed to have sex with other women." He's sitting next to his wife, and she's just looking at him. And I'm thinking, you know, oh, okay, you would have sex with other women if you were allowed to. So really, you're just committed to me because the rules prevent exactly. you. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, we'll talk about that later when we're not on national TV. <sighs> that was what I thought when I watched that. But then on the other part is the arrogance of saying that. So you have one wife and you're comparing that to having no partner. You have one partner for life, but your denial of others is comparable to somebody who has no partner. That's, yeah, just, that is the height of arrogance. It's like, like said, ridiculous. It's like saying to the homeless person on the street, well, I just have the one apartment. You know, I don't, I don't have the other homes I'd love to have. Yeah. I'm resisting my desire for other homes. Yeah. So you resist your desire for one. For one home. So, yeah. you know, we're really in the same boat. No, yeah, 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 yeah. we're not. So anyway, it's just really... Maddening. So if you feel maddened by those kinds of arguments, I am right there with you. Yeah. And you're right to feel that way because it's unfair, unjust, uninformed, yeah. uncaring to make those kinds of arguments and, and they have no it, place to make it. It is not a God-based argument. It is it is a version of love the sinner, hate the sin. It is kind of a version of conversion therapy, and if you yeah, because you're you, wanting to convert to it, yeah, if to straight. <laughs> yeah, if you've heard this, you can see it as as ridiculous and false and a, the lie that it is. So yes, so here's where we stand. To ask, let that in. Let yeah. that in. That these are lies. Yep. That you can reject wholeheartedly. You have yep. our approval. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you need our approval. <laughs> Um, so here's where we stand here. To ask anyone, let's let's wrap this up a bit. So here's where we stand. To ask anyone to be celibate is a lot. It's more than you can comprehend or you would never ask somebody. It's just not asking them to deny sex or to deny lust, but it's to deny them an intimate partner. Yes. To deny someone to have coffee with in the morning or de-stress with at the end of the night. It's a huge, huge ask. And the connection there, again, is that, well, friends can do that. But no, you can't do that. You can't come out and have coffee in the morning while sleeping in your separate twin beds the night before because it's too risky to sleep in the same bed and expect or that the same coffee. House. Yeah, yeah. You know, and expect that coffee to be. You know what I mean? So it's not. It's it, not like yes. And also, community doesn't stand in for right. a partnership for it, intimacy. That's right. And I I know somebody who was committed to that paradigm because she was so condition to believe she needed to be straight. She said, well, I'm. we have a community of friends who's committed to each other. But first of all, there's always that risk of sex. And then the second of all, as they start falling away, it doesn't work into your old age. You don't stay in this community of friends till you're 85. Yeah. And to pretend that is a stand-in is just 
lying. Yeah, and what an awful way. You talk about, you know, <laughs> you know, the idea of sitting in your jammies at nighttime and watching watching your favorite movie, but you know, but the jammies better be, you know, head to toe body armor, basically, you know, just to play it say what an awful way to live. What so it's it's not so again, it's just ridiculous. You don't even need to give it any credit. It's not that kind of thing is not ours to ask. And honestly, God would not ask that of an entire group because it's a horrible, it's saying, oops, made a mistake. Like you said, made a mistake. Right. This is what we have to do now. Yes. Sorry about that. God never asks any call to celibacy is an individual personal call, never to an entire and very group of people. Rare. And very, very rare. Yeah. What we're asking, when you ask people to do this, you're asking them because you want to maintain a, a particular worldview. You want to change something in someone else so we don't have to change anything in us. And it's not yours to suggest. Yep. It's nobody else's to suggest. And it's not kind. It's actually really unkind. And it's not loving. It's actually really unloving. Yeah. Okay. God can ask. Again, I don't even want to give say that anymore because that's, if God doesn't ask because you're LGBTQ, okay, that's not, so I don't even want to say that. God doesn't ask. Yeah. And the Bible doesn't ask, period. That's right. You know, and and also to ask this tells people there's something essentially wrong with exactly. them. Exactly. That they're less than the ideal. Oh, that have you not you heard know, that enough? This community has heard that plenty. They've already got enough in their heads about that. And so to add to that with your great idea for them to be celibate is adding unnecessary noise that they do not yeah. need. All right, let's 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 wrap okay. this up. So this this stance, honestly, this kind of, I accept you, but you need to be celibate. It's a cop-out. Yep, And it it's, it's meant to make the non-affirming Christian somehow feel better. But it yeah. only adds to an LGBTQ person's mental health load with, with uncertainty and misgivings. And again, it's unkind and unloving. So don't do it. And again, if you've heard this, don't listen to it. File it away as one of the many lies the many twistings of scripture, the many false teachings that have come your way about this. You're all good. You can put this in your trash folder and then empty the trash. You don't That's deserve, right. you don't deserve to give this a moment of thought. Yep. You are beloved and you are delighted in as you are for who you are. You deserve to love and be loved fully, complete, and every beautiful, intimate thing that that entails. And That's please, right. please don't settle for anything less. Yes. We love you. That's right. We love you. And feel free to send this to anybody who tells you otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> we love we you. We love you so we'll much. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid Someday, so I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy nominated Saint Sinner. And you can find out more about her at heystcenter.com. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform. And thanks for listening.